1: With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Welcome aboard, National Football Show. It's your boy Big Sales. Hit the like button. Appreciate everybody coming aboard for these next three hours. Thank you for stepping in. God, the weather's great. We got the 4th of July right around the corner. We're just a couple weeks and some change out from training camps. News is everywhere in the sports calendar right now and also on the sports page. And man, do we have a ton of stuff to get to here. I want to dive right into it. By the way, guys doing a makeup for me. Our friend Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated will join us in the final hour. I do want to bring up that Mike Tomlin stuff. Want to talk to him about the latest news with Deshaun Watson. Our friend, Hall of Fame voter and NFL insider will jump in with us. And how long will that suspension be? Will there be a suspension? A lot of stuff to hit on. That'll be our number three at 530. Till then, it's us. I will get to your comments here in a minute. We appreciate everybody writing them in there. Also, those watching, just sit back. If you don't want to join us here in the chat room, you could just sit back and watch us here. I do want to address a couple things right out of the gate. And we'll be hitting on, again, a little bit of some comments that are being made about Carson Wentz in Washington. Okay? I I want to drop some science on you here with what they're saying about Carson Wentz and also a little bit about that matchup that we're going to see two times this year between Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I do want to start it out here with Rob Gronkowski, he was calling it a career after 11 brilliant seasons. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, four Super Bowl championships, five-time Pro Bowler. I mean, there is no question Rob Gronkowski is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I would say this to you. The three greatest tight ends in the history of the sport are Rob Gronkowski, Kellen Winslow Sr., and if I had to put a third one in the conversation, I think it would be Tony Gonzalez. Those three tight ends, in my opinion, are the greatest to ever live and ever play the position. What made Gronk such a tough cover, his speed, his great hands, his ability to get open. And by the way, I know that goofy personality that he has, which is awesome and it resonates with people. He's also a very smart football player. And he learned from the best football player of all time, and that's Tom Brady. There is no question that that benefited his career as well. It's a little different than having, say, Brian, Brian Hewitt or somebody or some stiff quarterback as your guy versus a guy. I mean, having Jeff Garcia is probably not going to put Grob, Rob Gronkowski in the Super Bowl or let alone in the Hall of Fame. Having a guy like Tom Brady as your quarterback for your entire career is quite a thing, okay? And that's going to help you get to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he's going to go in rightfully so. Brilliant career. Just an absolutely brilliant career. One of the toughest covers in NFL history. Okay? Yeah, I mean, Mike, you talk about him being a blocker. I mean, he was just as devastating. And by the way, that's what made him such a double threat. Was that if Rob wasn't having a great game or they were covering or double teaming him, he could be effective in your run game. A lot of tight ends, like Jason Witten's one-dimensional. Jason Witten, to me, was a product of empty calories. But because he's a Dallas Cowboy, he'll probably be considered for some Hall of Fame stuff when we come down to it. It wouldn't shock me that because he's a Cowboy, he ends up having the ability to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I thought Jason Witten was decent. I never thought Jason Witten was a spectacular football player. I thought he was a product of today's NFL, and I never really looked at him as an elite tight end in NFL history. Shannon Sharp is better. I mean, Shannon was a better player. He was a better blocker. So I would say to you that he was uh, by far a better player than a guy like Jason Witten. I think Shannon was a really fine ball player, but those three that I named um, I think are the greatest tight ends, and I think Gronk sits atop that. Pretty remarkable. When you're talking about a position today, that is so vital in moving the chains that you, you see it even in Philadelphia with Dallas Goddard, gave a new contract. You see it all over the league. The tight end position has become a major focal point on if you're going to have a modern-day NFL offense. If you don't have that tight end position covered, you, you're, you're, you're playing with not a full deck of cards. So today's NFL, if you're a good offense, you've got to have that position covered, and Gronkowski did it perfectly and to me in my opinion first ballot not a question about it all right i'm gonna get to your comments here in a second guys um now i want to move on to deshaun watson i can't wait to see this guy play you heard me i can't wait to see him play 20 of the 24 cases have now been settled according to Rusty Harden and Tony Busby. That's a good thing. The remaining four, I have no idea what the status is. Hell, they could drop the cases. I know I'm hearing media people, you know, kind of assume that these people want more money or there's more of a criminal crime, which, by the way, that's not going to happen. Two grand juries have already settled that point. He's not going to jail. I can't wait for him to play and so should you and here's why his activities and his behavior has nothing to do with you I'm a football fan I'm not going to moralize people I don't know I'm not going to label people that I don't know I hope the kid plays I hope the women get the money that they so think they deserve I'm not any side of the aisle with that comment when it comes to who's right or wrong here. I don't know because I don't care. That's not for me to care about someone else's behavior that I don't know. I don't know when it becomes something for us as broadcasters or fans that we have to give a shit about how somebody acts off the field. I go to Lincoln Financial. I go to MetLife. I go anywhere in the country to watch a sporting event, not to moralize. I go to a sporting event to watch. I could care less. Has nothing to do with me. Zero. But we are this, today, we're, we're this, we're, we're judge and jury of a person on whether or not he's a good guy or not. Are you under the assumption that everybody you root for or everybody you elect or everybody that you go to the movies to see all have shining resumes, and are all good people, and have not effed up, you know, there's only one guy I know that I get, that I get on my hands and knees for, that I know that's only one guy, and he's the almighty. Everybody else's flaws. I understand this. You know, when Tiger Woods got in trouble years ago, and the United States media and the world media went after Tiger, Because he wasn't a good husband. Really? Okay, he wasn't a good husband. How many people are watching us right now or listening to me right now that know people that aren't good fathers? A lot. I don't moralize Tiger because he was a bad husband. I don't give a shit. It's not my concern. I watched Tiger Woods Because Tiger was the greatest golfer on the planet, not man of the year. See, I never hold my athletes as idols. I never had an athletic idol. Maybe that's the difference between me and you. My idol was my grandfather. With all of his faults and all of his massive strengths, he was my idol fisherman fireman grandfather supported me was with me i was his shadow i loved the man okay loved him that was my idol because that's the guy i saw or my preacher father bob father bob is the guy that blessed my wedding he's another one that i revere people on television to me are like spongebob they're cartoon characters I don't get, well, Deshaun's going to have to be suspended. What the hell would you care if he's suspended for a year or not? I want to see the kid play. I'm a football fan. Well, he shouldn't have the... Okay, well, you think about more things than I do in life. I care about my family and my passions, and I love watching sports. Okay? Okay? I mean, it's crazy when we sit around here and we moralize people we have no understanding of. We have no understanding of the facts. I can't wait to watch this on Watson play. Why should you not want him to get out there on the field? You're a football fan. You should want him to play too. He settles these cases. Hey, by the way, if it was criminal and he had criminal cases that were out there pending, and there was a chance he would be going to jail, I'd have a different comment here. Boy, this dude's facing jail time. This guy right here, man, has some big issues in his life. This guy better clean up his life before he cleans up what he needs to do in a huddle. This guy needs to get his life in order here because, quite frankly, hey, man, you're facing prison time. That's more issues to getting on a football. That's a different conversation. That's not what we're having here. We're talking about paying people off here to be quiet. Did you see what Tony Busby said today too? Confidentiality agreements obviously have been signed because he said we will not further comment on any of the cases that have been settled, 20 of the t- 24 that have been settled. Those are confidentiality agreements. That's what that means. Both sides can't talk because, quite frankly, it'll void the deal that they've cut with those particular clients. Okay? Okay. I mean, end of the day, that's what I tweeted out. I tweeted out at my Twitter page, at Dan Silio Show. Hey, good news for the Browns. Good news for the Browns. And, and people automatically started firing back. That's a weird tweet. Why? What's Deshaun Watson to you? What's Deshaun Watson the man to you? Okay? what Seriously. What's Deshaun Watson... What's he to you outside of a football player? Well, he doesn't deserve well, that's for the league to decide. Let the league decide that. We're fans. But that's not how it works. And I know that I'm I'm not, you know, in the popularity on this one here, but I don't give a shit like that. I don't care. I don't I don't care like that. I have no caring. Like, like, do you see that Brooks Kepka has left the PGA. Great. I root for him. Congratulations. Who in their right mind wouldn't take a hundred million dollars, but because the PGA is all butthurt in the fact that they never paid the caddies. They never paid the players. They were independent contractors. They got caught with their pants down because it's horribly run. And now they're all of a sudden coming out as of this morning saying, Hey, guess what? We may start paying some players to stay. Oh, Really? This Live Golf is going to destroy the PGA Tour. Good for them. Good for them. You know, how many years have we lived with the golf tournaments where Tiger Woods was the centerpiece and everybody else was kind of like the second story, right? If you're, if you're Brooks Kepka, you're Phil Mickelson, or you're some of these other guys, every time Tiger's at an event, and by the way, he didn't play a ton of PGA events. He played the majors and hand-picked events that he had something to do with. It wasn't like he was out there going through tournaments that nobody watches. Nobody watches the PGA Tour except a bunch of rich white guys. Nobody watches it. But when you got Tiger, it's different. And they rode Tigers back the entire time, keeping everybody else in the second seat. So this live golf comes along. They start throwing oodles of money at them. They take it. Did you not think they wouldn't? I'm rooting for the guys. I am so rooting for them, man. I love it. I, I love the fact that these guys have absolutely kicked the shit out of the PGA. And then what you got is you got a bunch of broadcasters all hurting. Really, it's jealousy. This comes down to jealousy. These guys are getting stroked $100 million checks. Get this. The PGA Tour didn't even pay your expenses when you went to events. They put you up in shady hotels. This Live Golf is paying all expenses, everything, and their caddies. And now the PGA, they don't pay anybody. Now, they're going to have to start paying if they want to keep their players. Because, in my opinion, this thing is going to keep going with all the exodus of the players when people start getting stroked 50 to $100 million checks just to be on that tour. The Saudi Arabian government is right now the third biggest trader with America. With goods and services, they're the third biggest trader, okay? We do business every day with them. Yes, in light of the New York Times um, reporter who was murdered. Got it. 9-11. Got it. We're still doing business with them. These golfers now want to do business with them, and it's wrong, but the U.S. government does? Corporations do? You don't got me here, man. Can't have it both ways. You can't shit on people for grabbing a bag of money when you still do business with people who murdered over 3,500 people in New York city, also the Pentagon, also in that field in Pennsylvania, you can't clean your souls or Phil Mickelson's back or Brooks Kepka's back. You can't. You're trying to, you're trying to somehow drop the buildings on those golfers because you don't like the fact that they're taking the money. Well, that's a you thing. That's the problem with today's media. They pick and choose. Here's another example of it. They pick and choose, okay, pick and choose who they want to call the good guy and who they want to call the bad guy. If you have a conservative stance, you're a bad guy. All the takes I have are considered controversial because I lean liberal. All the things that ESPN says, like Stephen A or some of these other guys, and they're liberals, they lean towards being the good guys, no matter if they're stupid or not. When Stephen A. Smith says that Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball because he's Japanese, that's racist. But it gets wielded in a different way. Come on, man. We see it. We know it. We know what's up. We know what's up. I'm going to get to my topics here in a second. Please hit the like button. I appreciate it. Okay. Saudi Arabia uses Pegasus 2 to spy. (laughs) Really? Like we don't either, right? Okay. Chris says, China uses TikTok to spy on us. Well, they got me then, man. Because I have been watching a lot of TikTok. And Xander's been killing me over it. Hey, Bob, I appreciate it, man. Hey, Bob, you know what, though? Wouldn't you be saying the same thing that I'm saying? You know what's crazy? People go like this. Big Sills talking the truth. I think 90% of the Americans in this country know this. I'm not speaking something that we don't know. You know, our government talks to us like we're idiots. These sports leagues at times talk to us like we're idiots or like we're wrestling fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. We know that it's a gimmick. We know, you know, yeah, okay. Okay. We're smarter than you think people in Washington and some of the people that cover our sports and the media, you don't represent me, man. You don't represent me at all. Not at all. Okay. My thoughts are different than you way different. You know who I'm on the side of? I'm on the side of right. I'm not on the side of Republican, Democrat, independent, or anybody. I'm on the side of right. I'm on the side of the U.S. of America. I root for this country. I root for our flag. I root for our opportunities in this country. Is it all good? I don't know. I just know this. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I don't take knees for things in America. I stand up for myself. I don't believe in taking a knee. For whatever you believe in. America's a place that taught us to stand, not kneel. That's why we have a problem with people that kneel because nobody kneels in front of anyone else. We don't kneel in this country to anything or anybody. We stand up. That's what our country represents to me. It's always represented that with me. Ever since I was a little kid, I'm not kneeling for anything nothing. I'm an American. Americans don't kneel. That's why we root for the champion boxer, the baseball champion. Zander said something interesting to me because the guys on Sports Take today were talking about the greatest football players since 2000 in Philly. And he said something interesting. You know what it was? Loves Nick Foles. Loves Nick Foles. You know why? Nick Foles did something that was not common. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He was a backup quarterback, which gave him the story of being an underdog. And he led a team to one of the greatest championships in Philadelphia sports history, if not the greatest. You could make the argument that the 2017 Super Bowl championship is the greatest championship in Philly history ever. Broad Street Bullies, the 80 Phillies, 83 Sixers, 67 Sixers. It's the greatest. And that guy ran through the tape. And that guy will be revered forever. And he beat Brady. Okay? That's American. Nick Foles is the greatest example of an American. Underdog, not supposed to be there, going against somebody that you have no chance of winning against and taking them down. It's a storybook that you can make a movie on. Who's Nick Foles? He gets a chance to play, then he goes in and wins the Super Bowl. And Oh, on the way out the door, too, he's given a Super Bowl MVP. I don't know about you, man. It's got to be the greatest moment in Philly sports history. Okay? Got to be. Beat the GOAT. That's right, William. Beat that guy. You beat that guy. Who... Talks more about his losses than his seven Super Bowl wins. You know what's funny about Brady? I never hear Brady talking about his seven wins. I always hear him complaining about Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Think about that for a minute. Eli Manning and Nick Foles beat him. And this is a guy that's taken down Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. This is a guy that's taken down Drew Brees. This is a guy that's beaten them all. Nick Foles and Eli Manning beat them. And by the way, if I'm not mistaken, all three of those dudes have Super Bowl MVPs or Eli has two and Foles has one. There's three Super Bowl MVP awards between those two dudes that beat Tom Brady. (laughs) Hey, You could make a movie on that, man. You could make, you you could make a movie on that. Sills, we have old school beliefs. God, my family, my country, and then stay out of my business. If the U.S. fails, nobody will be dropping us food or aid. That's right, man. You think people are going to help us out? Absolutely not. How many times when we look for need of, uh, of going into some place or. People all of a sudden start putting their heads down because, oh, yeah, you know, you know, we got economic issues. And I start. Oh, of course. America stands up, man. Nobody stands with us. F. Brady, Philly. Foles living rent free of the goat's head forever. He surely does, man. OK. <laughs> hey, man. Absolutely. Please hit the like button. OK, guys. Xander, you ready? Here goes Big sells. So do you guys know who Ken Z- Zampezi is? Do you know who Ken Zampezi is? He is the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. And here are the comments that he made today. Kenneth, easy. Here are the comments that he made today about Carson Wentz. Let me get my glasses because I want to be accurate here. You know, that's what we do. Intuitive. Hungry for football. What a great locker room guy. Asking all the right questions. Players gravitating to him. We love him. Um I I I I I don't know who the hell they're talking about. I had to look it up. they they're talking about Carson Wentz. Rashad, hang on, hang on. The rebirth of Carson Wentz is underway. Oh my god. Ken Zampezi, intuitive, hungry for the game. Teammates love him. All the stuff that was said in Philly... It's counter to what's going on here. How can that be? What's going on here? Can Carson Wentz be reborn in Washington and we finally see the guy we thought we saw in 17 when he was 11-2 and before he left with injuries? Rashad said they must be talking about Wentz's clone. Seth says that Ken Zampezi smoking dope. William goes, I think he's saying about a baptism here. Had they submerged Wentz in water? Lower expectations. Yeah, okay, Sills, just wait for that shoe to drop. (laughs) Wait wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't you think... Don't you think a player can reinvent himself? Michael Vick did. Wow! Man! Wow! I'm feeling pretty good about Carson Wentz. Kenneth... (laughs) That's a really good... (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth, he's perfect for Washington. He's built for a damaged locker room. (laughs) (laughs) Smile says Washington's had some really bad quarterback play last year. Wentz looks legit compared to that crap. Seals, when have they played a game where they were all gathered in the locker room when a house all the players been around wait why are we talking about Wentz now we just re-signed him they need to baptize Wentz to get all the demons out guys I'm gonna do something here listen this is gonna be a football question I'm going to save this piece of paper, too. And you're going to think that I'm just bringing this topic up to bring it up. Here's the topic that goes with what I just said. Hmm. I think Xander's right. It's a topic with Wentz and Hurts. So I think I should probably do it on the other side here. Yeah. It's a good call. Because I'm going to need more than just a few minutes to do this. Intuitive leader we love him teammates love him and they're talking about Carson Wentz in Washington Ken Zampezi I'm sure that he's Ernie Zampese's kid one of the gurus of throwing the ball down the field hit the like button and I'm going to give you the topic on the other side Big Sills here for Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. That means this, my friends. If you're in the market right now looking for an attorney to defend you and your family's rights, if you have been hurt or injured on the job, there is nobody better than Morgan & Morgan. Last 30 years, $13.5 billion have been collected for their clients going to war for you and your family to make sure you get that fair compensation. With over 800 attorneys strong across the country and offices in Philly, New York and in Florida, there is nobody bigger or better than Morgan & Morgan. For the people, it's not a slogan, my friends. It is exactly who they are. Biggest attorney firm in the United States of America, and there's no such thing as a fender bender. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. Open 24-7 seven days a week. And when you call Morgan &
3: Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sell sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case. And might say, it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan and Morgan. For the people
4: With Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
1: All right, did you know it was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready? All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to Reddit, go to Look. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it.
5: Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
2: Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy, Big Seals. Please hit the like button. Next three years, before we get into the topic, okay, and me resetting it, the next couple of years here, let me ask you a question here about A.J. Brown. Three years in Tennessee, A.J. Brown averaged 62 catches, 998 yards, and eight touchdowns a season. Okay? That's with Derrick Henry and a pro-passing quarterback. Do you think Jalen Hurts improves those numbers for A.J. Brown? Do you think he improves that? I think if I'm not mistaken, A.J. Brown's got 29.95 in yards and three years in Tennessee. You think Jalen improves those numbers? Yes. So you'd obviously think that Jalen's a better quarterback than Tannehill? He's not. What would make you think that? Ryan Tannehill was the number one seed in the AFC last year without Derrick Henry and without A.J. Brown. What gave you that idea? You're Again, you're dreaming. You're hoping, as everyone else is, he's better. Where? Tannehill has actually been to AFC championship games. You're out of your mind. Let me take a look. You know what? That's a funny comment because, again, if you're A.J. Brown, you're coming to Philadelphia. You think your number's going to improve with a guy who doesn't really throw the ball well? Okay. Again, I think it's wishful thinking. Ryan Tannehill stats. Hurts is nine times explosive. The guy's got a weak arm. No, I'll take it back. Inaccurate arm. Where are you getting that from? That's those are fake news. Let's take a look at what Tannehill did last year. Huh, in- interesting. Here's what Tannehill has done in Tennessee. Since he's been the starter, seven. Let me, here, let me add this up. Seven and three, 11 and five, and 12 and five. 13. He's 30 and 13 as a starting quarterback in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, okay. Last two years he's thrown for 3800 yards. Year before he threw for 33 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. This last year he had 21 picks or 21 touchdowns, 14 picks. Not good. 67% completion percentage. And his record is 72 and 59 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, in Tennessee, he's 30 and 13. Sills, if he can get back and just deal with, listen, last year was basically his first year as a rookie quarterback. No, Rashad, I do think he's going to improve. I just don't think he's going to improve enough i'd like to be positive about hurts okay that's fair that's fair william it's june 21st i'm not gonna kill you on that that's okay you're comparing a third-year quarterback to a 10-year guy who stunk it up against the dolphins you mean who had the number one seed in the afc last year that guy Hertz only played one year. What's Tannehill's first year stats? Good call. He was in a shitty organization in um, Miami with a shitty owner and Joe Philbin. Ryan Tannehill's stats. Let's take a look at that. Threw for thirty-two hundred yards, fifty-eight quarterback percentage. His team was seven and nine. This guy's a passer, though. Your guy's not. All the people you can comp- you can't compare Jalen Hurts to one throwing quarterback. You can't. That's not the strength of his game. Ryan Tannehill's not a runner. He's a passer. Every single time that you guys compare him to like Josh Allen or any of these other guys, it's a fundamental flaw. Those guys are passers. They're going to improve in the passing game. Jalen Hurts wins games with his legs. Lamar Jackson improved with his path. Next year, he threw for 36 touchdowns. But this kid was a Heisman winner in college. And we knew he could throw the ball. We just didn't know if he was going to be given the opportunity to throw the ball. And again, my question more so than anything goes back to A.J. Brown here more than Jalen here. Okay, wait a minute. My question is more about A.J. You think A.J. right now currently, this is what his averages are. 62 catches, almost 1,000 yards in eight touchdowns a season. And you think Jalen is going to improve those numbers, knowing full well he's not a passing quarterback. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The biggest question marks going into 2022 for the Eagles are the head coach the D.C. and the quarterback. Can you really have any more bigger issues? Those are your three biggest issues. It's not about the roster. Well, in some terms it is on how they're going to use these guys. Okay. Josh says, I'm a, I'm a Hertz hater. No, not a hater. I'm pulling for the kid. I just don't think he's going to do it. You think he's going to be a 4,200 yard passer. Okay. More power to you. He's never demonstrated that in his career, his entire career. But he's going to do it this year. Okay. I pray he does. Okay. You're not comparing Jalen Hurts and Michael Vick, are you? Tannehill's a bum. How can a bum lead a team to the number one seed in last year's powerful AFC? How can he be a bum, Flex? Flex? Derrick Henry didn't play for nine games. A.J. missed five. He missed parts of five ball games. How did he do it? You guys call a guy in Minnesota a bum who's thrown six times in his 10 years for 4,000 yards a bum. What's your guy? Okay. Again, your fundamental flaw, Stephen, is You're talking about one of the most prolific passers of all time in Aaron Rodgers versus Jalen, who's not an accurate quarterback. It's a flaw. That's not a comparison. You're talking about passing quarterbacks. Your guy's not a passing quarterback. Case closed. Yeah, Steven says one year. Wait a second. He's been a running quarterback since Alabama. That's not true. Again, this question goes to AJ more so than anything. Look at the division. Joseph, let's do this to show what an idiot Joseph is. Watch this. He says look at their division. Tennessee Titans record 2021. Tennessee Titans record 2021. The
4: Titans are in first place. Okay.
2: with 12 wins and 5 losses for a winning percentage. They beat They beat the Colts. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Colts. They beat the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. They beat the 49ers. Okay, they beat the champs. The Titans are bums? I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Henry was hurt when they beat him. Okay? So let me get over here. You want Hurts to throw for 4,200 yards. He's not a passing quarterback, but a passing quarter. Oh, my God almighty. You can never compare your guy to... Aaron Rodgers never, never. And by the way, I threw forty two hundred yards out there, knowing full well he'll never touch it. No, 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 Joseph. i You know what? No, I realize it, Joseph. That talking to people sometimes that don't get it, it's a me thing, not you. So no, yeah, I got to remember that all the time. It's like talking to a rock. Oh, Bob says that Tennessee made it despite Tannehill. So you mean the last nine games when they didn't really have A.J. Brown and they didn't have Derrick Henry, they won in spite of him. Interesting. Chris says it. Hurts is a slightly better quarterback than he was in college. Chris, that's my whole point about Jalen's improvement. He's going to improve, but slightly. He's not going to have Josh Allen leaps and bounds or Patrick Mahomes leaps and bounds because he's not a prototypical NFL passer. He'll never be. He's never been in his career. Can you think of a running quarterback like a Tommy Frazier? He's a better version of Tommy Frazier who was at Nebraska back in the day. Can you tell me a running quarterback in college who won games as a running quarterback or those RPO things that went on to win a Super Bowl. Shock jock. I don't know what you're talking about. Sills wants you guys... I'm not... (laughs) Let's see. Dak was trash and running at Mississippi. Spike. Dak Prescott had the Mississippi State Bulldogs ranked third at one time when he was at that college. And if you talk to Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen said the number one thing that improved with Dak Prescott was his accuracy and his passing of the football. It wasn't his running He said from the time he showed up at a camp when he was in high school to the time he left Mississippi State, Dan Mullen didn't recognize the guy's improvement as a passer. He said it was night and day. That's never been the case here. Remember Dr. Shock? No, you'll have to give me a good one. Predictions for Hertz, 33 50 passing and 550 rushing. Edge, if he shows up and does that, he'll be fired. Mike says that Jalen has been in the league a few years now. With NFL coaching and getting significant playing time, even before being a full-time starter last year. Why do you people? talk like last year was his first year because it's an easy go-to, Mike. But but Mike, to some of the comments, okay? Some of the comments, when you're given the job and you have it as your job and you know full well you're not going to be pulled, there's a confidence level there that has to be part of the quarterback's persona and how he delivers the ball and how he delivers himself every day in front of the team. I think there's an air of confidence that it's his team. Rumor has a Jalen spin look different. <laughs> right. So AJ Brown again, circling back. AJ Brown. Averages 62 yards, 62 catches a year, 998 yards in receiving yards, and eight touchdowns a season. And obviously, he's improved mightily the last two years of his time in Tennessee in the reason that the Eagles gave him $100 million. And by the way, I completely agree. I think he is an elite wideout. I think he is elite in every way. I don't think there is anything. And I'm going to make a point to you here in a couple minutes that he may be your best wide receiver you've ever had for any length of time on your football team. Okay? Top of the hour, I'm going to make that point. A.J. Brown may be the greatest talent you've ever had. Okay? I think what we have going on here, and here, here was the topic that I was spinning towards. And people were like, well, Sills, why are you bringing up Wentz? Well, again, the storyline this year will be this. If Wentz can find himself and he could end up leading that commander team to a division title and the playoffs, Carson Wentz just needed time in Philly. Big ask. I agree with everyone. I agree. It's a big ask. And is this stuff coach stuff? Doesn't this sound similar to what we heard Nick Sirianni saying? So wait a minute. You guys call this coach talk. Well, what's this? Man, the ball looks different coming out of Jalen's hand. What were the other what were the other comments that Nick Sirianni was saying? He seems to know where to go with the ball more. What was the other ones? He has command of the team. The team really is fighting for him. It's the same shit in Philly as it is in Washington. And is it coach talk? Absolutely. Is it head coaches and offensive coordinators building their guy up? You, you know what's funny? You never hear Andy Reid talking about Patrick Mahomes. Better grasp of the offense. You never hear, is, is the guy's name in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor? Is that the head coach of the Bengals? I've never heard him make a comment about Joe Burrow, like ever. I've never heard that head coach actually speak. Have you heard Brandon Staley say anything about Justin Herbert? Have you heard anybody say anything? Anything about Josh Allen in Buffalo that was on that coaching staff. When you have the guy, you don't have to bark about the guy. Like, Xander, when you have the greatest host of all time, you don't have to sit around and go, this guy's the GOAT, man. Hey, he really, really know. You know it. You know when you have it. I don't have... I let others do that. This guy's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's not his coach talking. All these coaches that are talking about their dude always is a red flag for me. Man, this guy. Like, I I, I, um, hear the coaches in New York talking about Zach Wilson. Oh, man. I mean, he... He just looks so much better. The spinning of the foot. though. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy must look like a train wreck. Ca- he must look like a train wreck in camp. Because when you're doing that, man, every player in the locker room goes, Jesus, it wasn't that great. It's helmets and shorts. Oh, my God almighty, man. Bills weren't sure they had their man until recently. Kenneth, not debating that, but he was a passer. Why not He wasn't a runner, okay? He ran because he didn't have the fundamentals to develop that great arm of his. Now that he was around Brian Dable, Brian Dable, when he was up there as the OC, and Ken Dorsey, who's still up there, those guys realize this guy's a passer. Bob goes like this. Look, see? Was not effective. Hey, Bob, who won the who won the AFC last year? Who won the AFC going into the playoffs? Look at Bob throwing those nothing stats at you. Exactly what Xander's talking about. I don't give a shit about stats. I care about people handling and putting up wins. They went 12 and 5 without their bell cow. Dude, when Derrick Henry went down, they were the number one team in the AFC, and when the end of the season ended in the regular season, they were still the number one team nine weeks later. Let me tell you something here: if Jalen Hurts loses, AJ Brown, or anybody in that old line like Jordan Milada, he's finished. He's finished. That quarterback lost two superstars in A.J. Brown and in Derrick Henry, and you guys call him a bum. Fine. Put a lot of pressure on your guy. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, everyone goes, Ryan Tannehill stinks here. I don't know what you think your guy has done that you call him better than Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's actually gone into Kansas City and won. You were blown to pieces by the Chiefs last year in your own building. They ran the ball for 200 yards. <laughs> and that's not what Casey does. He's never had a 400-yard pass. You've had one 4,000-yard passer in Eagle history. Go sit down. Sports says this guy sounds like an Eagle hater. No, I don't think you have the guy. And my point about A.J. Brown is... You think he's going to improve these stats? These are the same numbers almost that Devontae Smith had last year. 62 catches, 900 yards, and eight touchdowns. But magically, he's going to improve these stats for A.J., and he's going to improve Devontae's and Dallas Goddard's. hey, sports, I think you're going to get to the NFC championship game with this guy. As long as he doesn't turn it over do stupid things. I think what they did last year, if they improve 15% because the NFC sucks so bad, it's not that big of a reach to say that. But I don't think you can beat the Rams, and I don't think that you can beat the 49ers, and I don't think you can beat the Buccaneers. Or the Packers. Those teams are the elite teams in the NFC. You're not better than those teams. Case close. Not even close. What week can you serve? Let me see. I'll tell you. I'll give you something here, Spike. I'll eat some crow if you beat the Vikings. better yet let me do this here for you spike i'm going to be fair here let's do the games before the buy lions vikings washington jags cards cowboys at the link that's 6 i say you're i say you're 3 and 3 going into the buy If you're better than three and three, I'll eat some crow. Is that fair? I say you're three and three. We can beat the Trey 49ers. W2, we're in. All of us are in. You guys are better than three and three going into the buy. It's on tape now. Okay. It's on tape. Hell, I don't even need to throw that other topic out because we had a good discussion here. Hey, I do want to do one thing, though. I do want to do one thing before we take a time out. I swear on my kid, and I really do, and I mean this. I pray I'm wrong. I'm not kidding. I'm not one of the hosts or I don't do a show where I root for someone's failure. I'm not doing that, okay? But in my heart of hearts, I don't think he can do it. A benchmark for you? I didn't think Lamar Jackson could do it. Okay? I didn't. Game on? Three and three, you're smoking. Okay. You got the Vikings, Washington, Cardinals, and Cowboys that are going to be some pretty tough opponents in that stretch run there. You got it. You think you're better than the Cardinals? You think you're better than the Cowboys? I actually think you are. That Washington game is going to be interesting, and the Viking game is going to tell me a lot about the entire season. Okay? I'm going to fire you up at 6-0. and Okay. Xander, we're on. Hey. Okay. Here we are, man. We push the chips in. Okay. We push the chips in. I'm going to. You are going to eat crow. All right. (laughs) How do you like your crow grilled or baked? Steamed like steamers. Okay. Okay. Okay, it is on. I say you're three and three heading into the bye. Then I say coming out of the bye, you're five and three going into that Washington game. Then you got that tough run with Colts, Packers, and Titans. That'll also be a second part of your season. First part of your season is Vikings, Washington, Jags, Cards, Cowboys. Then the other part of your season is Washington, Colts, Packers, Titans. Those are your stretch runs that you're going to have to be concerned with. Okay?
5: Oh, my God. All right. Hey,
2: I want to show you guys something here, why I think A.J. may actually be your greatest wideout that you've ever had on your football team. Want to hit on that? Please hit the like button. Hour number two. Don't forget our three, our NFL Hall of Fame voter from Sports Illustrated. Howard Balzer will be with us at 5.30 Eastern time. We'll go over to Deshaun Watson's story. And also, too, I want to ask him because he votes on the Hall of Fame. We had that conversation last week about Mike Tomlin. I want to bring that up again to my friend Howard Balzer. We'll talk about Eric Allen again. We'll try to push him into the Hall of Fame. He is a voter. Hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
4: at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
1: Alright, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to the cafe, come on. Mama, go up, oh, She did it.
5: Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
2: National football show, Big Bills, hit the like button, my friends, and yes, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning gear on. Here, here. Look at that, baby. Look at that, huh? I took it to those avalanches last night, man. Way to go. Absolutely spectacular. Are they on their way? Heart of a champion. Never surrendering. That's what champions do. You get a little behind, and they come out, and they just keep fighting. Way to go, Bolts. Yeah, baby. Win that third straight cup, man. Here, hit the like button. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. What do we got going on here? Let's see. I'll never, ever respect your opinion again. AJ over T.O. as a talent. Point me to your dealer. Sills, if Hertz throws for 4,000 yards, you hang up Hertz's jersey and ditch the Tampa Bay Smogs. Uh. <laughs> Tampa jersey. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wear champions' jerseys, dude. Yeah. I would champions, man. They're going after iconic number three. Last team to do that. Edmonton Oilers, then a team that won four in a row, got the five straight cups. New York Islanders. Hertz isn't good. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay. Hertz is good. And by the way, watch this. Hertz might be good enough. He just might be good enough. Uh, woo, baby, yeah. When we get the NFC chip, then we got a Hurts jersey. Hurts isn't good. He's great. Really? <laughs> Still's got a Cowboys jersey somewhere. No, 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 no. Oh. oh, hey, hey. That's... That was going to be one of my topics, but I, I thought better of it. So who do you think has better passing numbers this coming season? Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Who do you think has better passing numbers? Last year wasn't close. It was Carson Wentz by a ton. Who do you think has better numbers this year? Okay. I'll tell you about the Tyler Van Dyke conversation that I had with Mario. Okay, a little bit later on in the program. Okay, does he want to play in Philly? Yeah. I, I I said who has who has better numbers passing as a quarterback next year or coming up in September for 2022? Wentz. Or hurts? Simple question. Tell me. He had good numbers, but doesn't win. Well, he won nine ball games last year. In the tougher AFC, I think he actually beat winning teams last year. Oh wait, wait! Don't flex. You're changing it on me. Who? Has better passing numbers. Hurts by a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Hurts by a lot has more passing numbers? Than Carson Wentz? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are you guys going off the reservation here? One more time. Simple question. It's almost one or the other here. Who has better passing numbers for the 2022 season? Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts. Very simple. Pick six says Wentz will have better passing numbers. He's a better thrower of the ball. That's it. I, Philly, I'm just asking you the question. Jesus. Why is this so difficult? Oh, I know why. You don't want to answer it. I wonder why. Ron says whence. No doubt. People brand new to the program, please hit the like button. William, in those critical moments where Wentz hits the bed is the issue. I didn't ask you that. I'm asking you. (laughs) Tim goes, I love the glasses. They make you look smart. Don't let them fool you, Tim. Look, Look at Ty. Carson is trash, period. That's not what I asked you. Nobody will answer it. Who has better passing numbers for the 2022 season, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Flex says that's like asking who's going to have more playoff wins, Rodgers or Brady this year. We know the answer. <laughs> we do. You can't handle the truth, Sills. Huh. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Dr. Sills. Wentz. Not fair. You think I'm running a game here. I'm not. Simply put. Simply put. Who has better offensive passing numbers in 2022, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? Look at what they're saying about him. Intuitive. Wentz has a hunger for the game. Teammates love him. Maybe he's reinventing himself. You guys aren't rooting for that? Why wouldn't you be rooting for a guy? Joe, you guys cannot answer the question. Wentz, there you go. Gregory says, Dan, this is a tough question. Hertz has better O line, but Wentz is better passer. I say Wentz. Seals, we go four and two. You gotta wear a Hertz jersey. Okay. Listen, man. Hey, we're it's on. We made a bet here. I'll get you guys at three and three heading into the bye. If you're better than that record, three and three heading into the bye, okay, I'll eat Crow and I'll put a Wentz jersey on. Or excuse me, a Hertz jersey. I totally will. <laughs> what if you guys are four? What if you guys are four and two and you lose the Wentz? <laughs> oh my god. It'd be like, who cares? <laughs> EC1 Wentz sucks. <laughs> Don't give a flying F on the rock power. I'm coming to talk my shit. <laughs> okay, spot, <laughs> But Spa, there's plenty of it today. Even if Wentz has more yards, I bet he turned it over twice as much as Jalen. Hey, Jalen didn't protect the ball that much last year. That's something he's got to work on. Those fumbles, man. <laughs> Wentz will beat out Jalen at least by 600 yards. <laughs> God. Throw the wagon on rather be 4 and 2 and lose to Washington or 3 and 3 and beat Washington. I'd rather be 4 and 2. Okay, nobody cares about who you lose or win. They only care about records. If you're 4 and 2, you're 4 and 2 and you're leading your division most likely and you're one of the elite teams in the NFC if you're 4 and 2 heading into that bye. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. The Dougie Bowl or the Carson Wentz Bowl, all kidding aside. Okay, all kidding aside. You want to be four and two, man, heading into that thing. Oh. Dan just with a spectacular take. Howie Roseman's holy hell would be this. If Doug beats him and Wentz beats him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and and, and Jalen shits the bed. That would be our all ultimate nightmare. I'm believe me, that would be the old that's the ultimate nightmare. Is that you're three and three and you lost to Doug and Wentz, and you're three and three. There's a problem. Houston, there's a problem if that goes down like that. That's why I say this to you guys. Hey, Let's kind of be serious here a little bit with this. I do think those first games going into the bye are going to tell us a lot about a lot of people. Remember I told you this in the last hour, okay? Three people are going to be the leaders of this football team and what they do. The head coach, the defensive coordinator, and Jalen Hurts. Nobody else. Kobe Dean, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, all of those players are tentacle to these three guys. How well does the head coach coach? How well does the defensive coordinator coach? And how well does Jalen play? Everything else is sidebar conversation. It's all sidebar. Wait, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a champions jersey, Jeremiah. A champions jersey that was given to me by the Lightning. That's what I was wearing and what I am wearing. Marina, Eagles split with Dallas and Washington. Eagles go 11 and 6, Washington 10 and 7, Washington 10 and 7, Dallas 10 and 7 or 9 and 8. Could that happen in the NFC East? Yes. Josh, don't give up on them just yet. What up, GT? Williams says to be positive is excellent. It's also just as important to be realistic. I think you can have a balance of it. 6-2 win last night, baby. Damn right. Home ice to get another game title, squared back up again. They got to slow that team down up in Colorado. Okay? Seals would rather go 10-7, and seven, make it to the NFC Championship, or would you go 14-2 and two with Hurts having a Brady-like season and losing the first round? I'd rather have Jalen Hurts have a Brady-type season and win 14 games because then I know you got your guy. He puts up 4,700 yards and 35 touchdowns. You know you got a guy, and you could build completely around that, and your next two years in a draft would be all isolated on improving your roster. Those first two round, those first two um, Draft choices that you have next year could be used for other things instead of a quarterback. Can you imagine if you have that autonomy to be able to do that? If he throws for 4,500 yards and 34 touchdowns, what you're going to be able to do with those first-round draft picks? Holy shit, man. that that, That sends the team in a different direction if that happens. Okay? Think of that. You're not using next year's picks Howie put those that deal with the Saints together, because you know why? He knows that this quarterback class is huge. He's not – you think Howie Roseman put that deal together with the Saints to go after a safety or a corner? There's nobody that watches this show or listens or is involved in it, thinks – that Howie Roseman made that deal with the Saints to go get a safety off your rocker if you think that. Why these ridiculous numbers? He said a Brady season, dude. That's a Brady season. Donald, hey, Sills, what are you smoking? That's for the Joe Rogan show. (laughs) Pick six facts. Rather have Hurts ball out than team success this year. Pick six. That's what they said in Buffalo. They know they have 10 years with Josh Allen right now. That's why being the general manager was asked the question during OTAs. Is this a do or die year for the bills? He's like, no. We're right now in a marathon. This is just part of the marathon here. Okay? This is part of the marathon. That team's not in a sprint because their window is open for the next five years because of the quarterback, same thing in Kansas city, maybe even in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert. Okay. You don't win this year, but you have your quarterback position solidified. The biggest thing that you have every year in Philadelphia is, that you've been going okay since 2017 17 18 19 20 21 for the last 6 years the biggest question mark in Philadelphia's quarterback 6 years that's why when you guys start talking about well hey 6 years this conversation's gone on it's never been addressed I guarantee you, when you were going into the 2017 season, quarterback was not on the priority list when it came to talking about your team. It was more of this. You think he wins the MVP this year? Here's how that conversation has changed. You think we got the guy? In 17, you were talking whether or not your quarterback was going to be the MVP of the league. Today, we're talking whether or not the guy's the guy. Again, though, Kenneth, Josh Allen's a passer. Your boy's not a passer. Your boy's not a passer. That's not who he is. He's got to somehow improve a part of his game that he's never relied on. Those other guys that you compare him to were passers. They've improved in the passing game. Okay? He's got to have leaps and bounds. Big Sills, who do you think was more country, country strong? I don't know. Hey, I'm going to say Reggie on that one. Jerome was country strong. Okay? William, d- quick story. William, I'm in there working out like this meathead workout guy. I'm in there. I'm strongest guy on the team by far, by far. I told some of you guys this. Jerome Brown had a bucket of KFC in his hand, and I'm not shitting you. He comes walking in. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? I go, get out of here, man. Because it made me sick because he was so talented. He didn't really have to do anything, man. He was just country strong, and he was just great. When you, when, you, when you said greatness as a football player, the face of Jerome Brown is greatness. Made me sick because I'd get in a huddle and I'd look at him. I'd go, man, that was just too fucking amazing. He'd look over at me and I'd, I'd go, dude, that was just great. He was so spectacular. He, I'm squatting 600 pounds. He gets on, He no belt, no knee wraps, no nothing. Gets under there, does it three times, grabs his chicken and leaves. I looked over at him. He looks over, He starts laughing at me. I said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just said, get out of here, man. Get out of here, man. Just get out of here. You just start laughing, man. I love that dude, man.
5: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> hey, he just would, he just did amazing things. Just amazing. Hi, what up, man? appreciate it. Guys, if you're jumping on here, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Chris, Reggie or LT. Man. Watch this. Chris, you're you, it's the only conversation in pro football that you can have that you're not wrong if you choose one or the other. I don't mean to waffle on you. Okay? I just you're not. Oh, watch this. You take LT. I'll take Reggie. I'm good. You take Reggie. I'll take LT. I'm good. I'm gonna win ball games with both those guys. Okay. If Hertz has three thousand passing yards and a thousand rushing yards and twelve wins, and you get bounced in the opening round, you should be one dimensional again. You didn't improve except in a shitty NFC. You're not, hey, with those stats, you're not going to beat the Packers. You're not going to beat the Bucks or the Rams. You're not. Who's number three, Sills? Donald? That's right, Jeremiah. I don't want to talk about a quarterback gaining 1,000 yards rushing. That means I didn't improve. So I improved. Watch this. He says 3,000. That means he would have had 100 yards less in passing and 100 yards more in rushing. You improved your running game, not your passing game. And you paid $100 million for a wideout. That's not improving. That's not improving. Okay. It's not. It's not improving. All right, hang on. I saw somebody go, so you guys think that T.O. is the greatest wide receiver that you've had since 2000, right? Right? Yeah, and he got bounced in the playoffs, Davy. That year, he also led the NFL with 36 passing touchdowns. Don't leave that off. He didn't win the MVP because he gained 1,000 yards. He won the MVP because he won 14 games, and he had 36 touchdown passes, kind of what that guy was talking about in improving in the passing game. The Ravens improved in the passing game. Everybody, there was no question mark about his rushing and his running. There was question whether or not he could be an accurate quarterback. That year he proved it. He was unanimous MVP. Okay, I'm going to take a look at all the players that the Eagles have drafted since 2000. And I'm going to show you something about T.O. and A.J. Brown here. Okay, T.O. and A.J. Brown. I'm going to make a point to you here on that. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Do not forget my friends at Morgan and Morgan. We're so proud to have them here. Part of the program. This is where the fee is free. And if you have been hurt or injured on the job, choosing Morgan & Morgan is the most important thing that you could possibly do for your family. Like I said, hurt or injured on the job, there's nobody bigger, there's nobody better. This is a law firm that's the biggest law firm in the country. It does not look at cases like, well, that's a fender bender. This is a bigger return on investment. That's not how they look at it. For the people means something to them. And it has for 30 years. Look, when you talk about the 800 attorneys that they have across the country and offices in Philly,
0: you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at
1: Current.Tech.
2: In New York, in Florida, like I said, everywhere in America, that's what they do for their clients. They go to battle for them. Size matters here, and you want the biggest firm in the country representing you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. That's 800-512-1600. And when you call them, do me a favor, tell them Big Sil sent you.
3: Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters. Size matters. Morgan & Morgan for the people dot com.
4: with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you
1: know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to the fake them on. Mama, go up, oh, mama. She did it.
5: Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
2: Appreciate you coming aboard National Football Show. Guys, please hit the like button. Thank you so much. Don't forget my Hall of Fame voter and insider. Howard Balzer will be with us in hour number three. That'll be at 530 Eastern time. The Eagles since 2017 are 44-36-1. Their best offensive year they've had in points scored was the 17th season when they threw up 457 points. This is in a 16-game schedule. The second best, ironically, was last year. Extra game being added, okay? Still 444 that they threw up last year. So they put points on the board last year. The best defensive year since 2017 was the seventeen season. Here's your difference between what you have seen over the years since the Super Bowl has been your defense giving up a ton of points. The year you won the Super Bowl, you gave up less than 300 points, okay? 16-game season, you gave up less than 27 points. Got to tell you something, guys. That's the benchmark that teams have for championship football. You gave up 290 points in 2017. That's a heck of an effort, especially when you're putting 457 up then obviously over the you went to 350 then 354 then in the 411 and 1 season you gave up 418 points things were falling apart defensively and then look at this 334 in points in a matter of 4 years you go from 457 points to 334 in 4 years 4 years from winning that super bowl you theoretically drop out almost 200 Almost 120 points off your schedule. You talk about offensive, defensive lack of production. You can't have it any bigger here. Four years removed from winning a Super Bowl, you talk about a nosedive. Wow. Wow. I mean, 334? Has to be one of the worst offenses in the league that year. Last year, 444, and they gave up the second most amount of points outside. Actually, it is. In the last one, two, three, four, five years, last year was the second most points surrendered by an Eagle defense. And 385. The four. Now again, 17th game, got to remember that being added into the conversation here. 2020 they gave 418. 5 years. You go from 457. I mean, crazy. But the real the real eye opener here is the defense has surrendered 350, 354, 420. 390, that number's got to massively come down. If you're going to win the NFC this year, you've got to be 2017 Philadelphia Eagle defense. You can't be giving up that amount of points and think you're going to be a championship team. You know, we've been sitting around here. As a matter of fact, I'm glad I looked at this. You know, it's a trend. See, one thing about the NFL, trends tell us a lot here your roster trended here every year you're trying to accomplish something and that's why we have trends in the league there's a trend here that the defense surrenders a ton of points in Philly it's a fact it has giving up 400 points in a season unacceptable giving up 385 points is almost unacceptable. Nice jersey, Dan. Steven Stamkos? No. Big Sills. Lightning made it for me. Lightning made it for me, brother. Chris says that's why Howie's building this defense. He forgot Hurts could have won the Heisman if it wasn't for Burrow's cheat code year. Oh, (laughs) because he redshirted. Right? How you doing? Rock on, man. Martin St. Louis was nice back in the day. Josh, him and Vinny LeCavier and Javi Bullen and all those guys. Torch coached him, by the way. Knew all them guys, man, very well. My daughter met Marty St. Louis, who's now the um, head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Vincent LeCavier was like my daughter's favorite player. Oh, uh, Xander loves Nikolai. Nikolai javi man, great dude. By the way, do you, hey, one, and I know none of you care. Xander probably cares because he likes goalies. Um, he was coached by the greatest goaltender of the history of the planet, and Tradiac. Tradiac was the guy who lost in the 1980 Olympics, but had won three gold medals. Had never been beaten. Tradiac, I think he was a goalie coach for the Blackhawks at one time. Uh, Tradiac's the greatest goaltender to ever, ever put on a pair of um, skates. Lecavier played in Philly. He sure did. He enjoyed it too because he always wanted to. Brodeur was just phenomenal. I believe Marty won three cups. Him, it was always an argument between him, Patrick Waugh, and Dominic Kashik. Those three guys. Koscik won all those Vezna awards. but And, and Dominic Koscik was just, there was like a gymnast back there watching him play goaltender. Dominic Koscik took, if I'm not mistaken, I think he took a team. I forget what team it was. I think it was the Sabres. All the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, they had no right being there. Okay? Had no right being there. Martin Brodeur, my all-time favorite. Three Cubs, greatest of all time. A third of defenseman. Let me just say this, man. He, But you got to remember something about how they played back then. You could have a phenomenal blue line, which – Brodeur did Got Scott Stevens in front of him and he had Ken Danico in front of him. And when you got two guys like that in front of you or Claude Lemieux and you got guys like that, there's no question that when you have a goaltender, like, like, um, like Brodeur, and then you got those two guys in front. When those guys didn't win those cups in New Jersey because of offensive output. Okay. They did it because of defense and goaltending. Like when Pierre Lacroix, built those avalanche teams and those great avalanche teams back in the day, Pierre Lacroix would go around and he would get like veteran guys, bring them in um, like Pronger and he would bring in guys like that. That team was so good, but they had such like Sakic and all them guys in Forsberg. That was just a great franchise. I'm glad to see Colorado back in it. All right, enough hockey talk before we start losing, folks. All right, here. Let me move on to something here. Nick Sills did a little homework here on your Eagles. I did this in honor of Howie Roseman. Hi, Howie. These have been your wide receivers that you have drafted since 2000. Remember, are you listening? Since 2000. Not prior, since 2000. Okay. Todd Pinkston, second rounder. Gary Scott, fourth rounder, 2000. Freddie Mitchell, first rounder, 2001. Freddie... Millens, fifth-rounder, 2002. Billy McMullen, I'm assuming he's not related to our very own John McMullen. Third-rounder, 2003. Reggie Brown, a little better here. Second-rounder, 2005. Jason Avant, fourth rounder, 206. Deshaun Jackson, second rounder, 2008. I'm going to underline that one. Jeremy Macklin, first rounder, 2009. I'll underline that one, too. Brandon Gibson. Sixth rounder, 2009. Riley Cooper. Fifth rounder, 2010. Marvin McNutt. Sixth rounder, 2012. This is some group he got here. Jordan Matthews, second rounder, 2014. Josh Huff, third rounder, 2014. The greatness of Nelson Aguilar, first rounder, 2015. Mac Hollins, fourth rounder, 2017. Sheldon Gibson, fifth rounder, 2017. I'm surprised you didn't underline Riley Cooper. Why would you say something such that? I know where you're going, Junior. The guy was a tool for doing that. What's wrong with him? You read too much of the internet, Stephen. You don't know me from a can of paint, guy. Don't pretend to. See, Stephen. See. I try to play a tough guy, I can't. <laughs> Stephen, I can't play a tough guy. Big Seals is that tough guy. Hey. Hey, 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 Stephen. Big Seals is a tough guy days. It's not happening. Where was I? After Sheldon Gibson... Vic did save his ass. The greatness of J.J. Whiteside. Second rounder, 2018. Jalen Rager. First rounder, 2020. John Hightower. Fifth rounder, 2020. Quez Watkins. Sixth rounder, 2020. I actually like Quez. And Devontae Smith, first rounder, 2021. This is quite a list of guys that, if I were to give you a grade on this list of wideouts, how many guys did you draft wide receiver since how he's been in the building? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. You've drafted 22 wide receivers since he's been in the building. And I would say this. You had three people who were decent off this list. Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, and Jason Avant. The rest of these guys, they're dudes. So when you say a guy like T.O. and A.J. Brown are going to be your best wide receivers you've ever had in your team since 2000, That's not a stretch. Okay? How many did they hit on? What? Okay. Do you think Freddie Mitchell? What do you give him as a grade? See? Todd Pinkston? How about your Nelson Aguilar? Look at your first-rounders. Jalen Rager nelson aguilar macklin's good i guess freddie mitchell i don't know kenneth goes Devonte smith is not just a dude he had just the dude numbers last year he had just the dude numbers right now he's just a dude hey josh that's a good call man I forgot Aguilar got to the Raiders, and he did put up some numbers out there, didn't he? Okay? Timothy goes, Pinkston played well in the preseason. Devontae Smith is that guy. He ain't proved it yet. Let's see. And do you have the quarterback to get... Hey, he's got quite a task ahead of him to get him the football. Aguilar is the only Super Bowl champ. McNabb and Vic had them regular receivers bailing. They really, I mean, I don't know. How, how do you think the organization has done when it came to drafting? They've done a better job in free agency, in my opinion. They've done a better job in free agency in bringing in guys like T.O. and A.J. Brown. They had to go get them because these guys are okay. Like I said, Deshaun, ja- Deshaun Jackson is not... Well, Deshaun Jackson, to me, was a very good wideout, awesome special teams, put it all together. He's a good pick. That's a good pick, okay? One of the greatest deep threats of all time in NFL history and one of the great special teams guy of all time. And he could run routes. Not the best, but he was good. Pro bowler at two different positions. I, and so you know, I'm a fan of Deshaun Jackson, huge fan of him. Hertz proved that when he has a true number one, he can do a lot. Look at his Oklahoma tape from 2019. So, are you suggesting he didn't have a number one last year in Devontae Smith? Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy. Are you trying to say, you, say to me last year that Devontae Smith wasn't a true number one? When Jamar Chase turned out to be a true number one from the get-go, Jalen Waddell played like a number one in Miami. Are you suggesting Devontae's not a number one then? Well, he you're saying that last year he didn't have a number one. So Devontae must not be a number one to you. d the greatest threat in yards per catch. Uh, hey, hey, William, you can make the conversation that him and Tyree Kill are the greatest deep threats um, in NFL history. Xander, if I say that, that'll start a whole nother deal here. Oh, and I'll bring it up what he said. I said this, and I'll continue to say this, and I don't mean to be repetitive for those who heard me say this. If Devontae Smith had changed places with Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith would have had 1,500 yards this year. And would have had a hundred catches. He would have. I have no problem saying that. My prediction is because you really rarely have hundred cat well, wait, you have never had a hundred catch wide receiver in your team's history. That's gonna be a problem. That's going to be a problem. The wide receiver position in Philly has been a problem dating back to 2000. And any time that they've had to address trying to fill that hole, Howie or Joe Banner had to go in free agency to fix that. These are the facts. I laid it out for you. When you weren't getting the production you needed, you went and got T.O. Because of the failures of the Whitesides, of the Ragers, you had to go get A.J. Brown. You see, A.J. Brown covers the failures at wideout. I mean, look, since 2017, the Super Bowl year, Mac Collins, Sheldon Gibson, Whiteside, Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, there's one guy on this team worth a shit. There's one guy since 2017 that you drafted that's worth the shit. The rest of these guys should be in the USFL. They should be in the USFL, dude. Throwing 18 times a game this year ain't an option. This team has... Too much faith in Jalen Hurts. Well, they're going with that, Xander. You know what? I here, you know, can I tell you how I would play this year if I was the head coach and the general manager? Can I tell you how I would play it? Okay. I would throw the ball 35 times a game, no matter if we won or lost. There's no excuse for that team not to throw the ball 35 times a game. You can't have a first-round draft choice and $100 million wideout and a guy you gave a contract extension to, a tight end, and an offensive line, okay, and an offensive line, that's rated the number one O-line in football by Pro Football Focus, and sit there and tell me you're going to throw the ball 18 times. That's freaking unacceptable. I would throw the ball whether he succeeded or not. Because I'm not going back to the archaic days that the Eagles have been in since 2000. You have to get this offense into today's NFL. It's not. They resorted back The three yards in a cloud of dust like it was old Big Ten football last year. And that's why when they got into games against winning teams, they were smashed. Giving up, what was it? 385 yards. Or excuse me, 385 points. You gave up to all the good teams. And you smashed the other teams that sucked. And you lost to the stupid Giants who suck out loud. The problem has been, in Philly, the wideout position and the inability to address the quarterback position since 2017. Every year he has improved. This could be the best. Big Sard says every year he's improved. Who? Jalen? You thought last year was improvement? Let me tell you something. What you saw last year at the quarterback position is unbecoming of a starter in the NFL. That's not going to win massive games. I think Jalen Hurts is surrounded by a really good football team. And I think the NFC sucks. And I think the defense has been the biggest improvement this offseason, not the offense. Why I'm high on the Eagles is not because of your offense. You guys are high on the team because of your offense. I'm high on your team because of your defense. You added a double-digit sack guy. You got more help up the middle. You got a linebacker that can scrape the lane. You got another cornerback who was a pro bowler two years ago. You added another safety. To me, it's on the defensive side of the football that I'm more high on. I'm not as high as you guys are. On that offense, I think you're going to improve, but not by a lot. And that's going to be good enough. But then you're going to get to a position where, get this, you're going to fall behind and get killed again. Xander goes, so you think Jonathan Gannon has balls? No, I do not. D-Gun has Hurts and Gannon as his two biggest question marks. D-Gun is right, but I add one more, Xander. Nick Sirianni, the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, and Jalen Hurts' play are the three biggest questions that we're going to find out about this year. The head coach, the D.C., and Hurts' play. Nothing else really to look at, okay? Because they're all intertwined to the quarterback, to the coach, to the D.C., I don't know if I could be any more clear than that. No success could be had when Rager is the number two. How do you know? Can I ask you something here about Jalen Rager? Okay. Can I ask you something about Jalen Rager? What if Jalen Rager goes somewhere like Cincinnati? Let's say Jalen Rager shows up in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford. I want to show you something about Jalen Rager here. Actually, I'm going to save that for the top of the hour. I, ha- I have some comments on him. I want to reset everything. You guys have been great. Yes, GT. Yes. Yes, on my honor. On my honor, dude. GT asked me, do I want them to, to succeed? absolutely but gt i only talk about what they have done not about the prospects of what they may do i'm not a fortune teller i don't fortune tell here okay I'm, i'm not a fortune teller i look at who you are not what you're hoping for them to be we all hope for success for everyone i at least i do funny you know always people are always like this you know especially people in my business especially people like barrett brooks you know why i root for barrett brooks he's an ex-athlete that's in broadcasting i root for every one of those guys i want there to be more of barrett brooks's totally i i I root for that every day okay i want to hit on jalen rager please hit the like button hour number three don't forget my friend howard balzer will be with us from sports illustrated 5.30 Eastern, hour number three coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
4: at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on action news at 11 with Rick Williams.
1: All right. Did you know it was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> go to the right. Go to the left. Thank mom. Mama. She did it.
5: Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
2: Welcome back, our three national football show It's your boy, Big Bills. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. i so appreciate it. Had a hell of a conversation today. Really great stuff, man. Really great stuff. I'm, I'm loving it. And by the way, remember something, guys. That's what this is. It's conversation, okay? And nobody's rooting for anybody to fail here. I'm giving you my opinion on what I see. And that may differ from your view. Now look, how many times have I told you this? My take may land somewhere different than how I'm trying to express myself. And you guys let me know. That's why I follow up sometimes with some of your comments here, because I want to make sure it lands right. GT goes like this, so are you rooting for these guys? No. No, but I'm only talking about what is real. And See, somebody says shock jock earlier. I didn't realize that telling the truth is shock jock stuff. I realized that about five years ago. I I did an interview and I don't do them anymore. And somebody asked me a question, because when you interview me about radio, it always seemingly I get hijacked and somebody writes some bullshit about me. And they go so like you know they call you a shot and i'm like i'm i'm not i don't go to bed at night or wake up in the morning going how can i fuck with people today that's not what i do i don't i don't i don't need tna i don't have to go cheesy like that i think you really just have to tell the truth you know that's what made rush limbaugh the greatest radio man of all time people hated rush's takes That's why he had 45 million people listening to him weekly. Never see anything like that. He destroyed Howard Stern in revenue and in listeners. The good liked him. The bad liked him. Republicans liked him. Democrats hated him, but they listened to him. That's the difference. Gary, that's it, man. Gary, that's probably one of my biggest problems as a broadcaster, I don't have enough fluff. I guess fluff to me... Hey, Gary, Gary, would you say this? Fluff is lying and being a better BS artist. Right? Probably, right? That's kind of what that is. Right? Being a BS artist. So... Big sales is going to start doing some um, other like never leaving Jacob sports made it very clear to people, but I may start doing some other things nationally. So this week I think we're going to start doing some things nationally. I'll let you know. Okay. Like on serious. I think maybe I can get that out there. We'll do something on serious. Um, Yeah, we're going to do something on Sirius as of now, and I think there's a TV show we're going to be doing too, so I'll let you guys know. Um, Okay. I want to throw a stat at you here for a second. Not going anywhere. It's not happening. Big Sills doesn't have to leave his man cave. (laughs) Xander knows, hey, getting Silio out of the man cave. Pisses, hey, it pisses Big Joe and Xander off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, they'll be the first to go. We love you, Dan, but Jesus Christ man. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Xander won't talk to me for two, for two days. The old man won't talk to me for a week. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Hey, I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Please hit the like button here. You want to hear a disgusting and disturbing stat about Jalen Rager? Okay. Ronald says, Big sales. I heard your UM against K-State rant. Epic. Xander, we got to play that one day. We got to play my rant. I did this on the radio at WQAM in Miami. It was my opening segment. I was so pissed off at UM and how bad that team looked from the days when you didn't run on us, you didn't beat us. Shit team's like, no disrespect, Barrett, (laughs) K-State. Hey, I was like, who the hell was K-State? And we're getting thumped by them. And I was so pissed off, I go, I never heard of K-State. (laughs) man we got to play that one day man that thing gets played in Boston and in Chicago yearly and it's called one of the greatest rants of all time in radio history we got to do I did that on the air man man my bosses were so pissed because get this the Miami Hurricanes were the flagship station of QAM and I'm on there. I quit on the air, too, once. I go like this because I was doing the post-game show. I went, I'll never do another post-game show again. I'm not doing this. I'd rather be washing my car than talking about you. I'm getting killed. I said, I'm not. I'm doing, I'm not doing this. I'm out. A boss has called me in the office. goes, were you kidding? I go, no, I don't want to do it. I have no interest in this. And I was making pretty good money doing it on top of my salary. I just went, no interest. I could sit around and lie about you. I'm getting killed. Just not. That's not who I am. I can't lie like that. You know how some of these, these shows that come on after Eagle games and they talk about, well, you know, the team just needs to get here. I I can't do that. Team laid down, got killed. I, I, can you imagine Big Seals doing a post game show after watching that game that they threw? Um, against Washington a couple of years ago when they put Nate Sudfeld in, I, I I would have come unhinged. I would have came unhinged. I would have went, they quit. And I mean upstairs, not the guys. Okay? I would have went like this. The, the, the front office quit on them. Never seen a football team quit on players more so than I did that day. I that, that's That was my ass with Howie is that he could do that to 53 dudes in a locker room. He could do it to anybody. And so when Doug Peterson was fired, I, 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 it was par for the course. If you can quit on 53 guys like you did in that final game that year, you can do that at any time to a player or a coach in that organization. That's the cutthroat part of Howie Roseman that I don't like. Because to me, that's not being honest. I don't mind a GM going, you suck, kid. Okay, you suck. Okay, I don't mind that. I mind this. You tell me one thing, and you tell me it's raining out, and you're pissing down the back of my leg. That's a problem I have. And you know him. You can spot him a mile long. Xander was kidding with me yesterday about that. Philly people, see-through bullshit artist. You know he's a bullshit artist. All right, I got to throw a stat at you here on Jalen Rager. Guys, are you ready? How many games has Jalen Rager played? Let me see here. How many games has Jalen Rager played? Jalen Rager stats. Jalen Rager's been in twenty-eight NFL ball games. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight NFL ball games. Do you know that this player has never at any time a first round overall, a first round pick out of TCU, okay? In those 28 games, he has never had as much as 60 yards in a game, ever, a wide receiver in today's NFL who was a first round pick has never had 60 yards in a ball game for a first round pick guys i don't know about you but how do the eagles not look at that and go he's a bust He's never had 60 receiving yards in an entire game that he's played in the NFL in a pass-happy league. That is one of the most atrocious numbers I've ever heard. That is unbelievable. That he's still on the roster. Horrendous. They don't want to pull the trigger. Nate, that's sad. Nate. It, 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 it's it's un, un, unprecedented. It's unprecedented now. How much is it the offense? Is it the player? Is it the quarterback that's attributing this? Xander, how many yards do you think Devontae Smith would have had if Joe Burrow were the quarterback of the Eagles last year? Write, in, write a number down for me. 1,500. Okay. He had about 950. So we're basically talking about 550 yards of offense that Devontae Smith does not have on his docket. Okay. If Jalen Rager had 550 yards or 600 yards, we'd be looking at Jalen Rager in a different light too. We're looking at Devontae Smith going like this. There's nobody in Philadelphia in the media or anywhere else that thinks that Devontae Smith wouldn't have had between 12 and 1,500 yards receiving last year if he had a decent quarterback. Wait, so it doesn't butt hurt anybody? A decent passing quarterback. What if Jalen Rager goes someplace like Los Angeles and he becomes the third wheel there and he has 700 yards next to Allen Robinson? Remember something? Jalen Rager being number three somewhere? I don't know. With Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, I'd like to see if the kid has ability. I read you the long laundry list of wide receivers that have just been thrown into the pit in Philly. They've all gone into the pit. Almost all. How much is this on the quarterback? See, it's easy to say, and and by the way, do I think it's all the quarterback and the offense? Absolutely not. I don't want to go there. Not going there. But it's got to play some of it. If it plays into Devontae, it's got to play into Jalen Rager. Is he as disciplined as Devontae? No. Does he run as good a routes? No. Is he as fast? No, not quite. He's pretty fast. Okay? It's got to be something to that, too. You just can't dismiss it for Devontae and not dismiss it for Jalen Rager, too. The quarterback struggles. He'll struggle again getting the ball to multiple people. I think he's going to have one guy that he's going to hit, and I said it earlier, I think it's going to be Dallas Goddard because it's going to be the higher percentage pass to get the ball to the tight end. I personally think them wideouts are still going to be in issues trying to get them the ball. Until you prove that, defensive coordinators are going to do this to that offense – who's ever quarterbacking, stop the run, make that guy throw the ball because he can't win ball games throwing it. It's a proven stat. And you see, I think the NFL works exactly like my show does. Prove it to me that you can win games and then trends will start to change. Mentality, hey, let me show you this. One thing is for sure, the difference in how you look at Ryan Tannehill today versus how you looked at him in Miami, it's night and day. He's a $32 million a year quarterback right now. And he took Marcus Mariota's job, and this guy's been to two NFC, AFC championship games, and he was the number one seed last year. He's not elite, but he ain't horrible. This guy's the AFC version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Ryan Tannehill is the AFC version of Garoppolo. He's 30 and 13 in Tennessee since he's been the starter. Garoppolo's 36 and 14 in San Francisco. Okay? No question. We shall see. I showed you this here. All these wideouts, outside of three, out of like 26 you've drafted. Seth goes, I don't know about Jimmy G. What's Tannehill's playoffs win number? Um, Seth, Jimmy G's five and two. It's a good point. You're right. But again too, Seth. Russell Wilson's nine and seven. Peyton Manning's fourteen and thirteen. Brett Fr's thirteen and twelve. Drew Brees is nine and eight. You're making it sound like these guys that are all these elite quarterbacks, have these spectacular postseason numbers, and they don't. Dan Marino, seven and nine in the postseason. Michael says the weapons are there for Hertz. Red Baby is due in September. Michael, absolutely. And again, there's not a person in this place that is sitting here hoping for any of this stuff to sit there and turn around and go like this um hey um let's let's hope that this guy ends up failing That's not the case man nobody's sitting here doing that Davy Brown Davey Boyce says big seals talking out of both sides of his mouth again I'm not sure what that means I have no idea what you're talking about no idea what he's talking about. Name me one thing I bullshitted about today. One thing that wasn't factual. One thing. One thing that I named or talked about today. I'd love to hear it. No, I just... If all we should care about is postseason success and those elite quarterbacks haven't had huge postseason success then why pay an elite quarterback because those guys get to the postseason those guys are constantly contenders not competitive Aaron Rodgers has his Packers as contenders Tom Brady is a contender Matthew Stafford is now a contender Patrick Mahomes is a contender. Those are all contenders. Okay? All contenders. Okay? Rodgers has one. I was telling I was telling Xander this, are you under the assumption that there's a lot of quarterbacks with multiple Super Bowls? Um, on their resume, there's only two with four. Bradshaw in Montana. Brady's the outlier. Aikman's third with three. There's no one else. The rest of them are two and one. Two Super Bowls or one Super Bowl. You're making it sound like there's multiple Super Bowl champions out there. Most have are the elite guys that go to the Hall of Fame, have one or two. Most have one or two. Guys with four or seven or three is unheard of. It's unheard of. So so have that mentality when you talk about Hurts. He's not elite. He's not elite. He... He is not an elite quarterback. Kyler Murray's not elite. Kyler Murray hasn't done shit. He's not elite. But he's better. Okay? Foles is not elite. And he has won. Jeff Hostedler has won. I mean, guys, you're talking like Super Bowl champions, like – there's like multiple guys. Troy Aikman's third with three. Okay. Is Josh Allen elite? What do you think, Philip? Here we. Oh, you're right. It's a dumb argument. I'm not having it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not comparing Jalen Hurts to Josh Allen. It's a joke. Okay. The Steeler teams with Bradshaw in the 70s, I got to witness live Steel Curtain. William, that football team made a transformation, though. There's a reason why Lynn and uh Lynn Swan and the other wide receiver on the other side are in the Hall of Fame, too. And the running back. Remember that. The running back and both wideouts are in the Hall of Fame. And so is the center of that Steeler team. It wasn't because they ran the ball and played defense. Lynn Swan and the other wideout on the other side also is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and so is the center and running back, Franco Harris. Okay? Seth Foles played in elite playoff games. Okay? You line them up and put them anywhere else. Manning elite? of course Peyton Manning's elite Peyton Manning's look how many playoff games he's been to look at the record he has look at the amount of uh, numbers that he put up in his career that's a passing quarterback that's a traditional NFL passing quarterback I don't I don't talk about wideouts who are like Tyrod Taylor or running quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor John Stallworth That's right, smile. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, Chris, you don't think Patrick Mahomes is elite? My point was, someone was talking about postseason. I said it's not as easy as you think it is to win in the postseason. That's my point. Patrick Mahomes winning a Super Bowl as young as he has is incredibly awesome Dan Marino got to one you don't think he's elite I said winning games in the postseason is more difficult that's why when you look at certain quarterbacks that don't have the greatest record in the postseason it's not an indictment on them Dan Marino is one of the greatest throwers in the history of the foot of, of the football no one argues that no one should argue that He's a Hall of Fame guy. Is he better quarterback than Bob Greasy? Yeah, but Bob Greasy is more accomplished. Bob Greasy is more accomplished than Dan Marino. You know, when, when I talk about postseason play, and everything, you know what's funny? The guy I'm going to bring on here in a second, and I'm glad he's hearing this, Bob Greasy is by far more accomplished than Marino was. But you don't look at... Bob Greasy, as a quarterback, that's a better talent than Dan. Greasy went to three straight AFC championships, winning two. And one of those teams was undefeated. Think of that. One of those teams was undefeated, and they won three AFC championships in a row. Okay? Marino won one AFC championship, never went back to a Super Bowl. That Dolphin run was also in the middle of the Raiders the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Vikings run. That that Dolphin team, as good as the teams that we have seen, that was one of the more iconic runs of all time because of the accomplishments of numerous years. The 85 Bears are by far one of the most underachieving football teams of all time. You won one, hell, even the Giants won two. With little offense. Let's bring my friend in. Hall of Fame voter. Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated. Howard, was I making some success? I'm trying to I'm trying I'm, I'm, I'm trying to educate people, but people fight me on that a little bit well, here. Did, did did you buy into what I was saying?
7: Well, I see what you're saying,
2: but I think it gets it.
7: it I, I wrote a story with the work I do for Lindy's we did a, uh, a retirement magazine on Tom Brady, which, of course, was on the newsstands maybe for 30 days before he unretired. But I wrote a story in there about how, to me, you just don't say that someone was the greatest of all time at his position because his team won so many games or so many championships. Now, granted, he contributed to that, but I think it's unfair to ascribe winning to only the quarterback. That Dolphins team was obviously accomplished a tremendous amount, and Bob Greasy was a part of it. I mean, heck, there was a Super Bowl. I think one of the Super Bowls, he threw the ball 11 times in the game. (laughs) And, And so teams win, individuals don't. And the one thing that sometimes, Dan, just drives me crazy is when I hear a team win the Super Bowl, and they talk about a quarterback and say, he won. Well, no, he didn't win. He was part of the winning. And many times it comes down to the defense, comes down to crazy plays here and there. I, I, I've i always thought, though, that when you compare those eras of Dolphins football, so to speak, the biggest mistake, you know, the, some people call Don Shule the greatest coach of all time. But the one thing he never did, basically, in 18 years, I think it was, that Dan Marino was the quarterback of the Dolphins. When did he create a running game around him? I think he became so enamored with Dan Marino's ability that he said, oh, he can win. He can win. And they didn't have the running game. I remember one playoff game. And I don't remember the year. I think it was against the Chargers. And the Dolphins were winning the game. And all they had to do was get one first down to win the game. And Marino threw three passes and they were all incomplete. And then San Diego got the ball back, went down and won the football game. Well, that's the time of the game when you want to be able to run the ball and just get a first down, but they didn't have that. I mean, they had some okay running games with, with some of the guys they had, but it certainly wasn't Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris and Jim kick plus to go with that defense. So I think sometimes it's unfair to try to, isolate the quarterback in terms of the overall winning when like I said to me winning is a team thing
2: absolutely and I think Abdul Jabbar the kid from UCLA was the only thousand yard rusher that they had during that Marino time there so let I'm me throw to this the you. other
7: running back they had a pretty good running back for a while I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on him a pretty solid guy wasn't great but but Parmalee
3: cool.
7: huh was it Parmalee no he, he was there a little bit I think but it, I said, oh gosh, I'm driving me nuts now that I can't remember who this running back was. Kind of a lean back and could, could catch, could run. And he was pretty good, but he wasn't great. They weren't, weren't going build, to build the offense around him. And so and, and you, mentioned, you mentioned the Giants winning two Super Bowls. I mean, the Super Bowls they won were against the Patriots. And certainly Eli Mann, I, th- I think one of the great debates of all time. Is going to happen in about three years or so when Eli Manning becomes eligible for the Hall of Fame and one
2: seventeen people- and one seventeen exactly,
7: and those two Super Bowls they won against the Patriots, it was the defense that held the pa- you know that, that undefeated Patriots team just r- ran
2: up the points and Howard ran the- Plunkett
7: has two Super Bowl
2: rings exactly,
7: exactly. So I don't think that that is enough to necessarily get somebody into the pro football hall. You think fame, Eli's so. the
2: first ballot?
7: I don't think so. I mean, I question whether he's a hall of famer at all. Oh, quite on. Wow. And I, and I, and I'm not I saying agree. he's not, but, but he, he, he certainly to me, he certainly shouldn't be a first ballot guy. I mean,
2: wow. Howard Balzer. Who's a voter too, sports illustrated. That leads me into this question. Then I'm going to tell you who it is. If I told you a coach, who was 5-8 and eight over the last 13 years, has missed the playoffs five times in that time frame, would you consider that Hall of Fame resume if that coach was 5-8 and eight, and overall he's underwater too and has missed the playoffs five of those 13 years, would you call that coach a Hall of Famer? So this is a guy who's active now, you're saying? Yeah.
7: Is that Mike Tomlin? Yeah. I think he's a hell of a coach. I mean, you know, it'll be written at the end and everyone will have to determine it for themselves. But Howard,
2: 13 years, over a decade. He's five and eight. He's missed the playoffs five times of those 13 years. That's not a Hall of Fame resume. I get never having a... So the benchmark has gone in Pittsburgh from Super Bowls to not having crappy seasons.
7: (laughs) I mean, I, at first I thought you might've been going, but I knew he had even a worse record. I think in the playoffs was Marty Schottenheimer. Four and
2: 16.
7: Yeah. And, but yet. But he won 200 games and he's like fourth
2: all time.
7: Yeah, no, exactly. And he doesn't even get discussed for the most part. And I, I, again, I wonder the fairness. When, when you get to the playoffs and the postseason, obviously you're you're playing against the best. And I, you know, I mentioned the debate there's going to be for Eli Manning. Imagine the debate for Philip the debate for Philip Rivers. And I mean, the Chargers. I mean, he he made that team competitive for the times that they were. And do you do you penalize him because in the postseason they would lose to the Patriots? and Brady or lose to the uh, the Colts and Peyton Manning. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be a hell of a debate too. And so it, it all comes down to that whole team thing. I'd and rather it's... have
2: rivers than Eli.
7: Oh, I agree. I agree.
2: I'd probably rather have rivers than Roethlisberger. I agree. And, and I just and think that's... he was in the Spanos system. I mean, you fire a 14 at two coach. Okay. I mean, they believed more in the front office. Yeah. And I just was like this. I mean, like, hey, Marty ha- Marty is a lot like John Tortorella. He wears his welcome out real fast because he likes to do crap his own way. My cousin played for him, Pizzoli, and he he knows that. And Marty's a great coach, but he overthinks stuff in the postseason, and that was one of his biggest issues that he overcoached it, and he overcooked it in the postseason. Still a 200-win guy. Yeah. I mean, it- Chuck Knoll doesn't have 200 wins.
7: I mean, I remember one playoff game with the Chargers, two, two instances. One, well, one, Rivers was playing on a torn ACL. Another, Le- LaDainian Tomlinson couldn't play because of a knee injury.
2: That but was the, in the AFC Championship game, wasn't it, that I he believe, did that I in? I
7: believe so. I believe so. And the classic was when the Chargers were playing the Patriots, and they had the game won, and I forget who the defensive back was, and he he intercepted Tom Brady at the end of the game to basically clinch the game for the chargers. But instead he was going to be a hero and run with the ball and try to make a big play. And he got tackled and fumbled and the Patriots got it back and then went down the field and beat the chargers. So that's a team thing. I mean, th- those are the things that happen in games. And yet everyone talks about well, the quarterback, he didn't win. He didn't win. And I, I just think that that is so superficial it just needs a lot more analysis than, and then perhaps some
2: give it with a record like that. Do you think Tom gets into the hall of fame? It's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think it'll, do you hold coaches to higher standards than say players, because that's all you have to go on is the record. Well, that's true. That's true. And,
7: and, and, and all those things. And, and obviously he has a, 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 a very good record. Is it, is it good enough? I don't know. Uh, that, that'll be, that'll be a great question. You know, I would say right now it's probably it might be a flip of the coin, but I think that it, it'll be a, it'll be a tough discussion when you know when he becomes eligible.
2: You are covering now for Sports Illustrated, you're or I should say, you're more around the Arizona Cardinals. First question for you: Do you think Kyler Murray's elite?
7: Is he elite? Yes, I, I think I think he he definitely has elite talent. There's I I, I believe that. And, but to, to really truly be elite, then you, you know, you have to get, obviously you have to get to the playoffs. You have to win some playoff games. I don't necessarily say, as we're just discussing, does that mean you have to win a Super Bowl. I don't think you have to, but you have to have some success in big games, you know, at, at, at crunch time. And I think the biggest thing from him is he, he can't control how small he is. And to me, the biggest question about him in the last two years is that in the last part of both seasons, He hasn't played as well down the stretch because he was injured. And to me, the biggest question about him, he's going to get a big contract. I mean, I think it'll probably get done by the time training camp happens and the Cardinals are rolling the dice, mostly that he can stay healthy because the only way you win as a quarterback and and do great things is staying healthy. And I wonder if he can do that consistently over 17-game schedules. And he hasn't the last two years. And they weren't major injuries, but they were just enough to affect his performance. But man, I'm, i he's one of the most exciting guys I've ever seen play. And I've seen every game the last two seasons that he has played. And the, the guy is electric and he's, he's incredibly talented. He's incredibly gifted. And they obviously have to have a better team around him. But like I said, he has to show that he can be durable for all 17 games and in the playoffs.
2: Let me bring this point up about him too. And I'll transition into Deshaun Watson here in a minute, but I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson's money. How much is that $230 million in guarantees that was given to that quarterback in Cleveland really kind of put roadblocks or maybe even door stops in Arizona and in Baltimore when you're talking about the changing of the market here? We're not just talking about giving a guy a 10 year deal any longer. We're talking about tangible money when we talk guarantees, and when you throw $230 million in guarantees out there, if you're Kyler Murray, I think you want a piece of that pie as well, as well as Lamar Jackson. How much has that all played into this negotiations now?
7: I'm sure it probably is, and it'll play into Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow next year, but a lot of that could depend on what happens with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. But, But I think one thing has to be looked at, in the perspective of guaranteed money. When you have a quarterback that is young, 23, 24, 25 years old, you're expecting him to at least continue playing at that high level. We don't have to use the word elite, but we can say you're expecting him to play at that high level, certainly for the next five years. So the odds are, whatever month, if you have an average contract that's worth $40, $45 million a year, and, and what, what's Watson's? I think it's forty-six. I believe is what the number is all you're doing. You're, you're just guaranteeing the base guaranteeing him the base salary that he's going to be paid anyway. And so unless something catastrophic happens and, and the, whether it's injury or whether all of a sudden he falls off the end of the earth these and suddenly they're not great quarterbacks anymore, which is hard to imagine happening. I think you have to look at it, Dan, in that perspective that what are you truly guaranteeing? You're guaranteeing the salary he's going he's gonna to make anyway. And that's I think that's the how the, some of these contracts for a lot of guys are misconstrued when They say, oh, the guaranteed money. Well, most of it, whether it's in the first three years or however many years it is, a big chunk of it is in the salaries that those guys are getting paid. And they're going to be paid those salaries whether they're guaranteed or not. And so I think that's that's the big key here. But there's no doubt that $40, 45000000 million has become – the going rate for the top quarterbacks in the league. And it will be,
2: will be a benchmark whether that money's guaranteed or not. Let me go into Deshaun Watson here. Obviously today, some of the news that came out that 20 of the 24 cases have been settled with uh, non-disclosure. Obviously Tony Busby came out and basically said, we'll not have any further comment. That's a telltale sign that confidentiality agreements have been signed this and that. The four cases may be dropped. I don't know if they're going to continue it. However, Howard, follow me here on this one when it comes to what type of punishment potentially could be thrown at you here. I say this to you. How can the NFL come out and go after a player when Bob Kraft was almost caught in the same scenario when he was in Orlando and he was also indicted and he had gone on multiple occasions to a place that eventually we found out we're guaranteeing sex. That came back where no charges were filed, no penalties at all for conduct unbecoming of an NFL owner or conduct detrimental to the shield, which is in all of our contracts. They make it vague like that because they could put this in. Hell, if you go streaking down the streak, that could be conduct detrimental to the team. And the NFL likes vagueness because then they can adjudicate it how they see fit. Last year, he didn't play. Follow this one. He didn't play. I know this is long here, but he didn't play. They paid him. And then when he gets traded, the NFL gives him a raise on top of that, and they give him the biggest guarantees of all time. I don't know about you. Am I missing something here? <laughs> I mean, well, how are you going to suspend a guy you just gave a raise to, and you have precedent in how owners – have acted and there's been no punishment given to them. How do you see this thing playing out? And by the way, we're four weeks and some change away from training camp.
7: No, exactly. Well, number one, there's obviously two standards for owners and players. Uh, that's, that, that's obvious in this case. And in the Kraft case, I'm not sure he was ever actually indicted. And there was some really funky stuff that went on with how he was caught. But no one ever I tried I think him. a
2: grand jury found him innocent.
7: And, but, but I also, but there wasn't any, any of the women that accused him of inappropriate things. And so that's the big thing here, I think. And that, but if we just separate out, so I think there is an issue. I mean, obviously, we see what's going on with Washington and how the NFL moves to they don't want a lot of this public. And so, but, you know, after, after the Watson developments, which, by the way, Tony Busby came out and said the other four cases are going forward. Now, he's got to say that because you never know what can happen. But that's the key here to me. That's the key thing. And a lot of people say, well, now it's only four. It's not so bad. Well, if it was only four from the beginning, would we be saying that? (laughs) No. Exactly. Exactly. And so to me, I mean, the NFL came out and said, this does not end our investigation. This does not end the case. And the Browns and the other teams that got heavy into this, what was it, the Falcons and the Panthers and, and the Saints, Dolphins. I mean, dolphin. Well, I don't think I don't know if the Dolphins I'm trying to remember. They were they were big into it last season. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure they were really in the hunt.
2: That's right. Atlanta, Carolina. The I Orleans, don't think Denver, but I do think yeah. it was the Panthers and the Falcons that were heavily invested in trying right. to bring them there. And
7: and the Browns, of course. And they just bought into this whole thing. Okay, he wasn't indicted, so we're free and clear here. I mean, that was a horrible mismanagement and decision to make that. Uh, to make that uh, to make that decision, just because he hadn't been indicted, because the cases were going forward, and who knows when they would all be settled, and uh, and so I've said all along when people have asked me about this, I I said well he can try to settle them, but all it takes, and I use the number two or three, whatever whatever the number, all it takes is a few of them, a few women to say no, I don't want to settle, no money is going to, and I'm not saying the women are saying this, but if that's what some of the women do say, and say no money is going to make me settle this because I want this guy to be accountable for what he did. And so if these cases go forward, then I still think there's going to be a significant uh, suspension, whether he played last year year or not. And he was paid, but certainly the NFL doesn't want this case going on and on and on as the cases are adjudicated and and they're done separately. And then one gets done and then another one, I mean, these they, they might not get done for a year or two. So this is a, this is a tough spot. So so obviously Watson's going to ch- keep working to set to settle these last four. But then, then suppose someone else sues. I mean, suppose there's someone else laying there in the woodwork that, that, that says, well, I'm going to sue him now. You know, I, I didn't want to do it before, but now he's getting off scot free. I don't want that to happen, which, by the way, is one of the cases, one of the issues with one of the, uh, the women who recently sued. She didn't want the public debacle. She didn't want her name out there. She didn't want all these things. She didn't want to go to court and all that. And then she watched that show on HBO and said, no, this is not right. I have to, you know, say what I'm going to say. And then she decided to sue. And so she's, I think that her name's Ashley Solis, if I'm not mistaken. She's the one that seems the most hardened in terms of going forward with this. As long as she's going forward with it, then I don't know if Deshaun Watson can, can convince her to settle because I think that's what he needs to do to make this go away, at least to be finished. I still think that even if he does that, there would be some kind of suspension.
2: Final question for you. I want to take it back to your Hall of Fame vote. I have great respect for Zach Thomas, but Richmond Webb is more of a Hall of Fame football player than Zach Thomas is. I think Zach may get in one day. Who do you think deserves to be more of the Hall of Fame candidate in Miami? Richmond Webb, who blocked for that great, that great quarterback? Or Zach Thomas?
7: I, I think you can make a case for Webb. I don't know if it's it possible to say who deserves it more. I think you know Zach Thomas was somewhat over underrated when he played. And now we have, you know, we have Brian Erlacher coming out in his favor. Of course, we had Bruce Smith this week. I think he might have mentioned Richmond Webb, and I thought he went over the line with what he said about Tony Baselli. He did. I said, I, I said, "Man, what what is going on with that?" Yeah. Some of the things he said and the way he did that, but that's what that's what makes the debate, you know, so intriguing because there is no black and white. It's everyone's it's everyone's opinion, and so I, I think Zach Thomas will get in eventually. He's been a finalist several times. I think one of these years he will. I certainly think. If Sam Mills is a Hall of Famer, then Zach, oh yes, then Zach Thomas is. And I'll tell you another another. Hey intro- Howard,
2: Howard, will you please tell me this? No disrespect to, to 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 that guy. I I I mean, how did Sam Mills was a really fine ball player, but to consider him an elite linebacker, like I look at Cornelius Bennett's resume and I go like this: I don't see it. He's not guy. even in the same room with Cornelius Bennett.
7: And Another guy in the Bills was Darryl Talley, who was a hell of a player. Not even close. And, and the linebacker I was going to bring up was London Fletcher. I mean, another guy. One talks about him, played 16 seasons, I think it was, and missed one game in his entire career. And you look at the numbers, and I know numbers aren't the only thing, but you look at sacks and tackles and all that. He, he's right there with Brian Urlacher and Ray Lewis. And so, and he hasn't even, he's been eligible now, I think it's been three or four years and he hasn't even been a semifinalist. And, th- and that's the thing that I wonder about sometimes how certain things happen that, and no, like you said, no disrespect to Sam, no None. disrespect to Leroy Butler. None. But here were guys that weren't even semifinalists for a decade or more and then became a semifinalist and started getting some traction and then all of a sudden they become finalists and, and are elected. Sam Mills, by the way, in his last year of eligibility before he went to the seniors group, which is now going to hopefully in, in, you know, enshrine three guys. But I think to a degree, uh, Dan, we, we have had a Hall of Fame that has become the Hall of the very good. And when you start debating guys, and a lot of people believe the way I do, but that's not the way the Hall of Fame is. That the true Hall of Famers are the ones that the presenter stands up in the room and says, I present for induction into the Hall of Fame Peyton Manning. And they sit down and <laughs> there's not even a debate. I heard it was like that with Junior Sayo. I think there was some discussion about him, as I recall. But it was like that with Jerry Rice. It was like that with Brett Favre. LT? I wasn't in their room on that one. I'm okay. not sure if it was or not. How about Reggie? I think I think I wasn't in the room for him. I don't think Emmett Smith, I think it was like that. Those those are the true hall of, you know, the true elite guys. After that, to me when you have to debate it, then in some respects a purist could say, "Well, he's not a hall of famer." But the hall of fame the hall of fame isn't about the absolute truly elite. It's about them and then the best of the best after them. And when you get to there, then you have all these debates that there are, which there's really no right or wrong answer to.
2: Appreciated, Howard. Thank you so much. What a great conversation, man. Super stuff. Thank you, my friend. My pleasure.
7: By the way, I was added to the senior committee uh, this year. Oh,
2: fantastic!
7: So, so I'm really, uh, really amped about that. As they've increased.
2: so you and Rick Osland now together there, huh?
7: Yeah, yeah. They've added they added three people to it to make it 12, which I think was fair. You know, so when it gets down to the end, it's not a small a small margin. Gaston or
2: Cleco, dude. Gaston yeah. or Cleco, they got to be considered, man. No, I mean,
7: he, well, he's definitely considered, and he's he's been discussed for many years, and he will, I'm sure be, I'm sure he'll be a big part of the discussion uh, this time around too.
2: Appreciated, Howard. Thank you, my friend. My pleasure, Danny. You got it. Let's take a brief time out. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
4: At 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
1: All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so go to right, go to Fake them mama. mama, go up, oh, Mama! She did it.
5: Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
2: Guys, thank you so much for coming aboard. Appreciate it. I'm a big Gastino fan because I'm very close to Mark. Sent me this nice card. Where, like, really great. Your friendship is always to be treasured. Praying for your strength and your family as well. I love Mark Gastino. Funny, Mark Gastino was doing the sack dance. And he got a ton of crap for it. And now everybody does a sack dance. The guy revolutionized the sack. Reggie was the best defensive line sack artist. But Gastineau was the founding father of the sack, along with Deacon. There's really three more, the most significant defensive linemen that did the most for the sacks. Deacon Jones, Mark Gastineau, and Reggie White. Mark Gastineau is the only player next to Reggie that had a sack in every game he played in the NFL. Every game he played, he had a sack. Count the postseason, regular season. Gastineau and Reggie White are the only players. Hey, Abraham. Gastineau is now like a religious guy. And trust me, man, a lot of people don't like Mark. Probably played into why he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. How was the fake phone call? (laughs) Oh, yeah. TVD. Yeah. Where's that phone of mine? Where is it here? See, did I save that text from him? Damn, I didn't. Great phone call last night. I said, you guys love Jalen. He's like, they don't want me in Philly? I said, I don't know. Big Sills will have to do some selling for you. He's like, do you think you can do it? I said, Tyler, do do I look like a guy who fails? No, no, Big Sills. Don't worry, I'll hook you up. By week eight, the Eagles and Philly fans will be in the palm of your hand. Trust me when I tell you. No. By the bye week. (laughs) By the bye week. By the bye week. There'll be putty in your hands. (laughs) Uh don't worry, we'll hook you guys up, man. I won't let you I won't hey, I won't I won't let you fold your tent. Don't worry about it, man. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. Please do me a favor, hit the like button. Till tomorrow, three to six Eastern. We'll see you on the flip side.